Hi, everybody. This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. You know, my father used to say to me, you've met the right person when the time is right. But what if you think you've found the right person and the timing is wrong? Well, that's the story that I think Erica Forensic has to tell us in today's program. We call her morning story, Hat in Hand. I noticed him at my friend Joanna's wedding outside of Nashville. A small, sun-leathered man, scrubbed clean with a too tight collar and frayed sleeves. <laughs> I towered over him as I introduced myself. He shook my hand, nearly crushing it, gazing up at me with a smile. That's speedy, Joanna said. He lives next door. The next time I looked for him, he was gone. When I got back to Massachusetts, Joanna gave me a call. Speedy just told me you're the most beautiful woman he's ever seen. I think he's in love with you. He won't stop talking about you. How many women has he seen? Not too many. He's never left the farm. He can't read or write. And how old is he? Eighty. I thought, wow, an 80-year-old illiterate man in Nashville is in love with me. Times are tough. I told my husband, and he laughed, too. But part of me, way off in the distance, felt thrilled, adored. That spring, I planned a visit with Joanna for an entire week. She said Speedy couldn't wait to see me again. My first morning there, I showed up at the breakfast table in my jogging pants and T-shirt, hair uncombed, face unwashed. Surprise, Joanna said, speedy sat hat in hand. I brought you a turtle shell, he said, a gorgeous black and yellow bowl, big enough to eat cereal out of. Later, Joanna asked me about my husband, our problems. I said the good outweighed the bad. I didn't elaborate. But speedy, doesn't he have a family, I asked. He lived with his mother until she died. He's never been to Nashville. Every day, Speedy brought me something. An abandoned great blue heron's nest. The shedding of a snake that made me jump. And near the end of the visit, baskets of fresh berries from his garden. On the last day, he took me to a barn filled to the rafters with birdhouses he had made. Each had a little drawing on it, hours of detailed work like a child's drawing, without perspective. Oh, Speedy, I can't accept this. You took the snake skin and the turtle shell. No one has enough presents. Then, this is for the birds, not for you. Your husband won't be mad. Will you come back? Will you come back? His shoulders sagged. Well, he said, I have to get back to Miss Joanna's mowing. And then he walked away. I felt sick. At home, as I was unpacking, I found the birdhouse wrapped in tissue paper with a little note from Joanna that said, Sorry, E, he made me do it. Well, Speedy, I ran into the yard and hung it in a tree outside our breakfast table. The next morning, twigs and leaves showed from the opening, and I counted at least two finches flying in and out of it. I wanted to tell you how the birds fought to be in the birdhouse, how pretty it looked in the trees. But I remembered you don't have a phone, and you can't read what I write. 
So I'll have to tell you in person. Bring you something of mine, I guess, from the cold and snowy north. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I know it'll be something that could tell a story without words. Just by holding it in your hands. That was Erica Forensic with today's morning story, Hat in Hand. Whenever I, I finish a piece, including the music, I let Gary Mott listen, get his take, and see if he agrees that it works as a story. And uh, Gary, you surprised me. I was expecting a, a much more hopeful, sweet, poignant, a happy piece of music. I guess. Hmm. Something hopeful. I felt this was a story about a friendship pursued and established. Speedy, I see his world being very small. This wedding brought them together, and she gave him the time of day. She accepted him, the turtle shell, the snakeskin. His world. His world. Yeah. And while other people may have rejected him, she gave a little bit of herself. For me, it's about missed opportunities. You know, you, you walk down the street, and every once in a while you'll establish eye contact mm-hmm. with one person. It's not easy because most people choose to remain a stranger. But if you do get eye contact, all of a sudden, even for just a second or two, you suddenly realize that person could have been, if fate had chosen, a friend, a lover, a family member. And maybe it is a little bit sad. You know, it's like looking up at the stars. Stars are beautiful. And each of them is clear to see, but the darkness between them is also part of the beauty. You chose some music that you thought might express more what you had in mind. Mm -hmm. So let's listen to that. Speedy, I ran into the yard and hung it in a tree outside our breakfast table. The next morning, twigs and leaves showed from the opening, and I counted at least two finches flying in and out of it. I wanted to tell you how the birds fought to be in the birdhouse, how pretty it looked in the trees. But... I remembered you don't have a phone and you can't read what I write. So I'll have to bring you something of mine, I guess, from the cold and snowy north. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I know it'll be something that could tell a story without words, just by holding it in your hands. This is our first podcast with an alternate ending. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You saw spring and I saw winter. (laughs) I'd like to think we're both right. We got a lot of email this week as well. There is one that I did get that you don't even know about, Gary, Mm. that just came at about 6 o'clock this morning, and I just wanted to read it. This is from uh, a gentleman named Robert who lives in Tamarack, Florida. He writes, Dear Tony Khan, I just listened to your Hollywood Blacklist program, which we have a link to on our website, with deep emotion and respect for you and your parents, especially your mother. Barbara Kahn was my English teacher at Alvern High School, 1963 (laughs) to 1964, and I remember you picking her up after school. As I recall, you drove a Jaguar XKE, (laughs) which I thought was spectacular. I admired your mother very much. She was a dedicated, compassionate teacher. Though I never met your father, I admire his feisty resistance to the McCarthy-era witch hunts. I grew up in Hudson, New Hampshire, and feel privileged to have known your mother. She was proud of her sons 
and told the stories of your family ordeal without bitterness or resentments. Her positive attitude has stayed with me all these years. Thank you for preserving an incredible struggle against horrific odds and the memory of a wonderful person. Best wishes. Well, Robert, thank you. I, I hate to break the news that I never drove a Jaguar XK. <laughs> it may have been my father who picked her up after school one day when he was driving a demonstration model of uh. that car <laughs> that was loaned to him by his good friend who owned the place and who let my father have a spin in some of the in some of the faster cars just for kicks. But I, I was going to say, Tony, you know, where <laughs> I didn't know this about you. Yes, we were poor and disadvantaged, but somehow we had a Jaguar <laughs> XK that I drove around. But you know what I love? Robert made it his story, too. He also held on to something very precious to me, the memory of my mother and my father, and he gave them back to me in that letter for that moment. Thank That's you very terrific. much. That's a keeper. I think I've learned the value of looking back on things that were miserable with more understanding than anger. Hmm. I'm not sure that I learned how to live without regrets quite hmm. as well as she did. There's still time, Tony. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about you know looking back with uh, fondness, our website, wgbh.org slash morning stories, and please get in touch, morning stories at wgbh.org. And we'll catch you next podcast. Take care.